I, I wonder whether Eric Ten Hag's biggest dilemma will be what wardrobe selection he's got to wear. Does he go with the flat cap? Steve Zerbi, you know, he, he kind of came out and said that everyone was jet-lagged after the, the three-hour flight that they had. Of course, Steve. Uh, wang. Steve, as an Ipswich fan, knows all about nine nils. You can't generally keep selling your best and keep trying to rebuild. If, if Fulham did win this game, they would only be two points behind Newcastle. Hey, guys. Welcome to the Footy Social Club. Just Steve and Matt with me today as we go to recording. No Gaz, no Ryan. Um, hope the boys are both well. They'll be back on Monday. Boys, let's get straight on with it. There is a huge fixture to kick off proceedings on this show. Liverpool versus Manchester United. Matt, it does not get any easier following the Champions League exit midweek. I'm really not, I'm really not looking forward to it. I'm really not looking forward to this game at all. I think in the last five, United have won one of them. Um, that was, was that last season. I think Ten Hag actually he had quite a good run against some of the bigger beat you boys, beat Arsenal, beat Liverpool. I think um, I'm not looking forward to this. We are on a, 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 just some of the worst form we've, we've ever been on, and uh, I cannot see anything good coming out of it. I genuinely can't. I think we might we might nab a goal because you know we haven't got the likes of Anthony Martial playing because. He's injured, which is, I guess, good news for us. But yeah, it's not looking good. Go on, no Steve. Bruno either. Different. No Bruno. No Bru yeah, not not necessarily a bad thing, though. Not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, bringing somebody youth—that's what I've wanted for ages. Is to just bring in youth players for United for the next two or three years. I don't care where we finish in the league, but that's that's do the old um, Fergie's fledglings again. <laughs> Busby babes. <laughs> <laughs> for you, Steve, Steve that one. <laughs> Busby babes for Steve. Go on, go on Steve. <laughs> yeah, I this think is going to be a tough game. About, looking forward to this about as much as Ten Hag probably is, I think. So, uh, so yeah, start of another run of tough games for United. Not that any of them aren't tough, but they've got obviously Liverpool, then they've got West Ham, they've got Villa at home, and then they've got Forest away. So, just before the end of the year, they've got some tough games. I do think this will be... Uh, Another really, really tough game. And I'd imagine Liverpool, having rested all their players pretty much in midweek, will be really, really looking forward to this game and getting involved with, uh, with United. There'll be nothing more the Scousers all like than to to really put the final nail in the in the the, the Ten Hag um, coffin, as it were. So, um, to, to me, I just... Yeah, I could Yeah, I mean, United haven't scored in this fixture away from home since 2018, December the 16th, 2018. So it's been a long, long while. And you, I'd love to give you hope, Matt. I'd love to give you some sort of hope that you're going to turn it around. And let's, you know, perhaps you will. I don't know, but I just can't see it. Just can't see anything but a, a strong win for Liverpool. So yeah. we're saying that with the nature of the fixture, you know, a bit it's a derby really in a sense that form... It's going to play a part. It's not going out the window. Uh, an, an interesting bit of news, Max, sort of coming out over the last, I suppose, 10, 12 hours is that with Jim Ratcliffe imminently taking over at Manchester United, or 25%, it looks as if he's held secret talks with Graham Potter around him being his preferred choice should Ineos, and, and I say Ineos because Ineos has been used as getting rid of Ten Hag. Um, what do you think about P Potter potentially coming in? Ridiculous. I'd, I'd rather stick with Ten Hag. I'm going to be honest. I don't think, for me, Potter's not a big club manager. I think he kind of, 
I don't want to really call Chelsea a big club, but he kind of showed that at Chelsea. Um, and in fairness, it was discussed in, in in the pod that we did earlier in the week that, you know, Christian, you said that, that United is a poisoned club. Um, and I think Ryan said, well, you know, Chelsea are too. Very similar situations at the moment. United, different, but but similar. Um, I just don't think Potter would fare well. Um, there'll, there'll be no point in getting rid of Ten Hag for Potter. Yeah. Yeah, no, look, I, I I don't disagree. I don't. Graham Potter, I call Potch out as a myth. Graham Potter as a manager, at that level is a myth. He is fast, better suited to it, the likes of a Brighton or a West Ham or or something like that, for me. Um, yeah. And that could be an interesting place he could end up in the summer, somewhere like West Ham, if they don't keep David Moyes. Um, I don't see anything but a Liverpool win, especially at Anfield. I, I think it. You know, be too sure. I, I wonder whether Eric Ten Hag's biggest dilemma will be what wardrobe selection he's got to wear. Does he go with the flat cap, the turtleneck? <laughs> Has he got a Christmas special for us? You know, as we approach uh, the big man doing his tour around the world, um, I think whatever he wears, it will make no difference. And Liverpool would, will probably would it be smash great if he United. Came out in a Christmas hoodie, like just like with a great big like. Christmas hoodie on, like just with his face all over it, or with with Sancho's face all over it, or something. It'd just be brilliant with that. Honestly, I think he'll want a big fat Father Christmas suit just just to hide when Liverpool put four or five past this Man United. And, and obviously, just quickly, United had further injuries at the back at, at, during the week. Maguire coming off, was it Shaw as well, or, or Lindelof, one of those coming off as well. So United have got big problems potentially going into this fixture on Sunday. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Moving on, our other key fixture, I'm wearing the badge, Arsenal at home to Brighton. We'll be looking to get back to winning ways, but that's by no means a guarantee. Haven't been that good against Brighton in recent seasons. I think from memory, Brighton won there last year as well. Um, so tough fixture. This one will be a live watch along with Steve and myself, subject to no gremlins in the system like we've had in the last couple of weeks, Steve. Um, but the, yeah. the, there will be a live fixture out on Sunday for Arsenal Brighton. We'll be doing a preview of that game as well, which will go out on Saturday, giving our thoughts on potential team news, um, predictions, a little look back at what's been going on with both clubs. So do join us on YouTube, one thirty Sunday. Um, we'll be there calling that game. Um, in regards to the fixture, I think it's imperative that Arsenal and Arteta get back to winning ways. I, I said in previous pods, I didn't think Arsenal played that bad against Aston Villa. I thought the performance against Luton was far worse earlier in that week. So um, it's hard to know. Brighton have had European football this Thursday. That could work into to Arsenal's favour. Um, you know, we had a fully rested squad all but bar bar three players, I think, against PSV. So I'm going to say Arsenal are going to start fast, aggressive. There'll be goals from both sides, but I'm, I'm going to go for a 3-1 Arsenal win. Steve, what do you think? Uh, yeah, it depends, what again, what Brighton turn up. They've got 69 players, I think we counted on last week. They've made 69 <laughs> changes during the course of the season. So um, I read that as 69 players. I'm sure it's not. Uh, but... Uh, your favourite number. Deserby, Deserby does make loads of changes. So whatever team is played midweek for them, he could almost put another completely different side out. So I do think that I do think this will be a game after win. Um, Brighton don't seem to be scoring as many goals as they were early in the season. They seem to have gone off a little on that. Um, yeah, I think probably a 
two or three one for Arsenal. I think I think Arsenal back on home soil, decent on home soil, rested players, yeah. no issues. Matt, yeah, yeah, I, th- I think that's going to be the difference. To be honest, I think Arsenal being at home, I think I'd be calling it slightly different uh, if it if it was down at the Amex. Um, I, I can only really see an Arsenal win here. Um, Brian have disappointed me a little bit. I know they're, they're sat in eighth at the moment, aren't they? Um, yes. But I, to be honest, I kind of expected a little bit more. And eighth is, is incredibly respectful for, for Brighton, no doubt about that. But I just had higher hopes for Brighton at the beginning of the season. And I, I kind of thought they might be sat in, in, in sixth, maybe. But uh, is it managing Europe for the first time as well, though, Matt? Is that a harsh call? When you look at the seven teams now above them and how they're performing, mm. little old Brighton, Moneyball Brighton, as we've said, you know, they're almost the best of the rest when you take into account the likes of West Ham and whatever else that are below them. Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. no, they are. It's just, I, I think I think Europe has had a part to play in it. And obviously, De Zerbe, you know, he, he kind of came out and said that everyone was jet-lagged after the, the three-hour flight that they had, which is a bit ridiculous. <laughs> but obviously, playing those, uh, playing those extra games, it apparently on a professional footballer whose sole job is to uh, play football, apparently it, it can be quite tiring playing football for them. I think it's a ridiculous excuse, but clearly it's having some sort of impact on them. Um, I, go on, Steve. I wonder if he's just been a bit clever. I've seen managers do this before where they've really rotated their squad early in the season and they then, mm. after Christmas, get a bit of a settled side and then all of a sudden they seem to they seem to fly. He's kept them in them, like you say, in them positions that are very close to the sort of Champions League, Europa League sort of next season or for next season. And I just wonder if perhaps he's been very clever with it because he will have players there who have not had loads of game time. So hence won't be absolutely knackered like a lot of the players will be perhaps a little bit further up and lower down the league. So, yeah, it's, I it's think he's just diverting pressure. I just think there's certain games... <laughs> You know, like like against Burnley, I think they should have they should have won that game. Um, and there's, there's been other games this season where I, you know, well they they drew with Sheffield United as well. So they can should, be bullied. They yeah, can they can be, bullied. be. Yeah, I think they they tend to turn up against you know the the biggest and the best teams. Obviously, they beat United, and it's perhaps when they're they're playing against the no disrespect, but the the the, the smaller lower clubs that they might take their eye off the little uh, the ball a little bit. Um, they're not as up for it because they're not as big a games. Maybe I don't know, but I think that's what's disappointed me about them this season. Because if they kind of won those games, they would be in that sixth or, or seventh position, and and I'll, then we wouldn't. I wonder be kind of sometimes that. how big. I just wonder how big a club they see themselves as being, because I do think they could be with the resources they've got, the money they've got behind them now and stuff, they could they could really be pushing into that top four. They're no they're no different when you look at it to I'm not suggesting they're the same size as Villa, so before Ryan oh, comes Ryan back to me and so furious. But, yeah, but, but actually when you look at the actual squad depth and stuff, they've probably got a more depth in their squad than Villa. Yeah. I'm not suggesting not say they're not as big a yeah. club. No, I think you're right. They they are a much bigger club than Villa. Um, I think you're I think you're right on that. Um, <laughs> um, I'm seeing yeah, an intro. I, here. <laughs> exactly, all for the intro. Yeah. I, I just think um, with when it comes to Brighton, they're a club that constantly has to reinvent themselves, and it's really really impressive that they that they do it. And we talked earlier on in the season about their scouting network and stuff. And it's very, very clever. Um, so maybe I'm not giving them their dues. They're doing well in eighth, but that they could will hinder lose them, though. Arsenal. That could hinder them. 
Steve talking about him trying to go to like top four and whatever else. You you can generally in the way of football, and I know that they do it well, but you can't generally keep selling your best and keep trying to rebuild and go mm. again. There is a an issue with that, and I I think if they lost someone, you know, like Ferguson up front, or, yeah. or, or you know, or maybe even a Stupian at left back, who I think is an upgrade on Cucurella. Um, I wonder, you know, you, do you are you always going to keep getting lucky with your scouting network and keep picking up gems? At some point, some of those don't work, right? So, yeah, um, yeah no, I'll I, I, I'll say that I think they're doing well to be in, to be in eighth. In all fairness, um, yeah. right? Let's move on. We'll go all the way back to Friday night, Forest versus Spurs at the City Ground. Could be an interesting game. This Matt obviously Steve Cooper's not got Forrest playing the same way as they were, but they picked up a good point against Wolves last week. Spurs, yeah. we know, only play one way. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you, I kind of love that. I love that you know what Spurs is going to turn up. And it is exciting to watch when you saw them, you know, smash a, a depleted... And I know Gaz, not here tonight, but he will say that Spurs have, you know, got 100 players injured as well. But Newcastle, <laughs> for me, are incredibly depleted as, as a club. And to see Spurs turn up, as they always do, it's an exciting brand of football to watch. And even though clubs know how Spurs are going to play, it's about it. Um, I I see a big win for Spurs, which for for Steve Cooper could be quite devastating because that draw against Wolves uh, last weekend by no means meant that his job was safe. Um, This could be one of those final nails in the coffin, I think. For Steve Cooper, I don't necessarily think he'll be sacked just from if, if he loses this game. Depending, it's the if nature it's head, potentially of the defeat. Hundred percent. If yeah. it's one of those eight nine nils, um, Steve, as an Ipswich fan, knows all about nine nils uh, back in the Premier League <laughs> back in ten. the day. We want a ten, please. Can we have a ten? Yeah, you want a ten? Just to, like, exactly. Yeah, yeah just to, it was the Premiership then, Steve, wasn't it? Premiership <laughs> in those days. <laughs> just the Premiership then, I think, Christian. Yeah, yeah, just. Exactly. It was. It was back when Andrew Cole was called Andy Cole. Um, yeah, but if, if it is a big a big win like that for Spurs, then that might be the end of, of Steve Cooper. Mm. You're right, Christian. Go on, Steve. Yeah, do you think it'll be that big a win? I think. I just think that that Tottenham might be made for Forest because they know what they're going to do. They know they're going to come on to them. Forest are very good at hitting teams generally on the break. I know they're they're missing um, Big Taiwo up front, who's got a lot of the pace, but they've still got they've still got players in there with pace. And I just want I just have a little sneaky feeling that. Tottenham, I, I think it will be a, probably a Tottenham win, but there's just a part of me thinks could Forest just nick something in front of the home fans? Tottenham really pushing on, and Forest hitting them on the on the break because I just think that could well be where Tottenham get undone with a few clubs sometimes during the season. And I say I love yeah. to watch Angers brands of football. I've not got I've not got a problem with that, and I don't want people to think I have got a problem with it. With brand of football, I haven't. I just think that when you play one way so much teams work you out yeah yeah yeah. eventually you do. every every club does that's that's very true yeah. that's very true i've got a funny feeling that richarlison's going to go on a little goal run running into christmas now he's had his groin surgery um i've got a yeah. funny yeah funny feeling that spurs will be comfortable in this game there'll be goals i could see i think you're right i think forest will score but i think um i think that spurs will end up winning this comfortably 
you know, probably probably 3-1, something like that. Maybe Forrest to score first. Let's move on to, to Bournemouth-Luton. Probably not too much needs to be said on this one. I think it's a very easy home win for Bournemouth, given the form that they're on, the excellent result at the Theatre of Wet Dreams last uh, last weekend. Matt, for you, who's yeah. uh, who's going to come out on top of this one? Yeah, you know, you're right. <laughs> Theatre of Wet Dreams. Um, yeah, look, look we, we had to have to give Gaz uh, kudos as well. He, he called Bournemouth as a deserved mid-table club, and they are finding that form. Um, so it's yeah, easy, easy, not not easy win, but yeah, they'll, they'll beat Luton this weekend. Maybe two, three, one, something like that. Steve, could Bournemouth keep going and climb higher up the table? It's, it starts to get congested with the teams that are performing better so far this season. But, but could they keep pushing towards maybe from, from Gaz's sort of bought 12th to 14th into 11th to 9th, for example? Mm, I think I think probably their ceiling is probably probably 10th or 11th, if, if I'm truthful with you. I don't think they're going to get much harder than that. They they have been impressive in recent weeks after we after. We sort of did speak about Iriola having a bit of an issue with regards to was he the right choice after Gary O'Neill and the chairman spoke about the fact he was quite happy with the decision he's made and fair play to him he's been he's been been right as as Gaz so again yeah credit to Gaz for that this should be an easy win for him really Luton are a different side away from home to what they are at Kenilworth Road we've mentioned it in yep. the past um, yeah I think probably a, a straightforward two nil comfortable. Okay comfortable for the cherries let's move on to myth fc i'm sorry i mean chelsea um, at home to sheffield united chrissy wilder got his first three points already as a manager in his second game um this time away at chelsea different kettle of fish for this one steve yeah if you think sheffield united are coming to play Against Chelsea, you will be solely mistaken. How many buses and are they bringing? Could be, this could really be a nil-nil with Chelsea not being able to score and, and leaving Nicholas Jackson up front, who I was hoping was going to come good, but looks like he's getting worse as the season goes on. Um, I'm, I'm going for an 89th minute, probably penalty, where somebody goes over and trundles over somebody's leg in the box and wins it for uh, for Chelsea perhaps 1-0 or it stays 0-0 because this could be a this could be a horrible game uh, absolutely <laughs> horrible game it'll probably end up being a 4-4 draw now but i just think that it just it just looked to me like a 0-0 all over it. Matt, if chelsea if chelsea draw with sheffield united i'll almost need a new rank for monday's <laughs> podcast cuz one point for the the two. There'll be only four to go. Eight points that we've. I said we're we'll looking really dodgy. But what what do you think Chelsea Sheffield United will be? I think it might be more of the same. To be honest, I've said this from the start, and, and a lot of a lot of people have said this that there's all the ingredients are there for Chelsea, and they they they're oh, actually the not terrible. They're not <laughs> they're not. Well, he's the chef, right? So he's the one who's meant to be putting these <laughs> ingredients together and actually bringing out something great. But he's he's absolutely not. I mean, with Chelsea at the moment, you, you, you can't polish a turd, right? They are what they are. Um, they're fine in the kind of the, the first two thirds of the pitch. It's when they get to that final third, they, they don't know what to do. They literally don't know what to do. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree with Steve. This could be a horrible one to watch and it could just be stolen in the last minute. Um, I'd love to see uh, Wilder get a result at Chelsea. I mean, Chelsea only picked up nine points at home. I think they've only picked up 10 away, but, you know, nine points at home, it's, it's not out of eight games. It is. Shocking. Terrible. Shocking. But I think they'll beat Sheffield United, and I think it will be a sterling double for that one. Um, 
City Palace. Haaland rumoured to return. Um, this is a tough game for Roy. Uh, unlucky last week that, uh, that Palace didn't get anything from the Liverpool game, losing that in the dying minutes. But away from home, it's a, it's a very different kettle of fish against a Manchester City side that are, are back after wins in Europe and Luton last time out in the Premier League. Matt, for you, what's going to happen in the blue half of Manchester on Saturday? Yeah, goals, 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 I reckon. Uh, I've, if I was Roy, I'd, I'd just probably stay in bed. Um, I, I don't think Palace <laughs> are going to do anything for him, to be honest. I think City have got or this all Or just retire. But yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, blessing Roy, as we saw earlier on in the season, I think it was against Sheffield United, you know, he comes out punching, get on him. Um, the old womble in the jungle. I think. I think. Be, I just think it's going to be devastating for Palace. It's going to be a big win for City. Um, it could be a three-four, maybe even five-nil that game. Come on, Steve. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting game. To see what side Man City put out. I know they rested a load of players um, in midweek, um, but they've got that Club World Cup um, the week after. Whether they'll be overly interested in that, but they've got obviously players flying all around the world. Um, could be a case that they'll start. They'll try and start fast, get a couple of goals ahead, and probably then take the foot off the gas. I don't think it's be as many goals as perhaps Matt would suggest because Crystal Palace tend to keep it fairly tight and don't necessarily get run over it completely. Um, yeah, probably a, a two nil, probably two or three nil, perhaps. There's only there's only one winner that weekend. Sorry, Palace fans. Um, on to Newcastle versus Goal Machine Fulham. Tough game this for Newcastle. I know it's at St James's Park. However, you know, they ended up losing in midweek. They got battered by Spurs last weekend out. I wonder if the heads will be slightly down. They've had a couple of tough weeks, Newcastle, against a Fulham side that are resurgent. Matt, you talked about them being relegation candidates, but on mm. current form, that they're pushing themselves nicely up the table. Yeah, they are. What was it? 13 goals in the last three games. Um... Yeah. How many of them, they, they've not really, con have they conceded, any, no, they conceded four, which was against Liverpool when they lost, yeah. right? Um, yeah. But yeah, 10 goals in the last two games have conceded nothing. That's uh, that's pretty impressive. Um, and spreading however, the goals as well. And, and what, sorry? And spreading the goals about, not not sort of coming from one or two players and pushing it around the team. Which is which is really really important. Um, yes, I did it. You're right at the beginning of the season. Thanks for reminding everyone that I, I said Fulham could be uh, relegation candidates. I also thought Bournemouth might be as well. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> both teams are kind of proving us wrong. Um, thanks Burnley, Sheffield United, and well, Luton kind of expected, I guess. But it's I, I think I think after Newcastle have gone out of the Champions League, I think they're going to regroup a little bit now. And I think look, we've you know we've got to focus now on the Premier League. This is going to be our time. Um, they're off the back of you know three games lost to Everton, to to, to Spurs, um, and against AC Milan last night. This is the time I think where they regroup and they they come back at it. So I think they're going to get a result against Fulham. Yeah, fair enough. Go on, Steve. Uh, I think this could be a surprise, if it, indeed it is a surprise. But I think that Fulham are playing with so, so much confidence that they could easily go to Newcastle and nick a result. Um, yeah. As you said, Matt, they've they've conceded four against Liverpool, but scored three at Anfield, um, five in the last two games. So they will be playing with the up. They're never going to be more confident than they are now. Yeah. Newcastle coming off a bit of a downer with regards to missing out on not just Champions League football, but Europa League football as well. I can see this being a 2-1 Fulham. With, with how Villa, Villa are performing this season, 
Newcastle not being in the Europa League off the back of not being in the Champions League for so long actually might not be a bad thing. It, it's not like a team that maybe has had a, you know, been in the Champions League season in, season out, and now dropping to the Europa League, unlike Man United, who are out as I, well completely. I do, I do agree. I think there could be a bit of pressure comes on Newcastle, though, because now they're out, they really need to get back in next season. Kick on. And yeah, actually, yeah. If, if Fulham did win this game, they would only be two points behind Newcastle. And you'd think yes. from earlier in the season, you would think Fulham would be nowhere near Newcastle in the table where Newcastle are, are sitting shout. in seventh. But yeah, great yeah, I think Yeah, I think Fulham sitting in tenth currently, um, three points behind West Ham. But I do think they could possibly get to, to be close to them if obviously they get the result on Saturday. I think it'll be a draw. I really do. I think there's enough goals currently in the confidence in that Fulham side, that front three, um, I think will be enough to challenge them. There's also talks that Dubravka's now injured and uh, my oh. favourite... Premier League goalkeeper is going to be in. Juan Loris Carrius. I wonder if you'll have, what colour gloves he'll have on today. He had brown on last time. So, Christ knows. Loris Carrius to come in. I mean, I would be hitting the emergency goalkeeper signing and getting David De Gea in until the end of the season as a free transfer. If you want Loris Carrius in your team, Newcastle fans, do let me know in the comments. Um, it's almost worth a watch along just to see how many mistakes he can make in a game because he is a shocking goalkeeper. They should play uh, Dan Burning goal, I think. That's a... <laughs> they might as well play Nick Pope with one arm. There's more chance of him keeping the ball out the net. Um, moving on, the last game of Saturday, Sean Dyche takes his Everton side back to, I suppose, where it sort of somewhat all began for him, up to Burnley and Turf Moor. Now, this could, should be billed as a relegation six-pointer, but Everton really, you know, if you take those 10 points out, they'd be higher than Chelsea in sort of ninth, 10th in the league. So, you know, Steve, is this really a formality for Everton? You'd think so on on the form that's, that we've, we've seen this season and, and the performance we've seen from Everton this season. Although Burnley have picked up a little bit in the last two games, got four points. So are starting to show signs of possibly starting a little bit of a, of a, of a comeback. Um this could easily be a draw, I think, this game. Everton aren't wonderful away from home. Do most of their best work at Goodison with that with that crowd behind them. Yeah, possibly a 1-1 or even maybe even a 2-2 if Burnley get their shooting boots on. Can't see Burnley getting anything. Go on, Matt. Yeah, I mean, look, for, for the viewers that are new to our channel and, and new to watching us, at the beginning of the season when Everton were on that, that absolutely terrible run, uh, all but one of us was was crying out and saying that, that Everton are going down this season. I was probably one of the loudest voices on that. But Steve, Statman Steve, came up with some stats after a few games and said, nope, things are improving. They're, they're going to be all right. And lo and behold, you know, <laughs> they're doing fine. Despite a 10-point deduction, the last three games that they've played, you know, they've, they've, they've won them without conceding. They're going to Burnley. Burnley have been horrendous at home this season. I think they've picked up yep. a point maybe against a 10-man Sheffield United squad. So I see goals for Everton. I see this maybe being one or two nil to Everton. Yeah, I think I think Everton will win this game. I think Dwight McNeil, I think, Steve, you talked about him in the last podcast. Um, he, Look, he's banging form as well. Yeah, um, looks good. You know, and he's playing that, against his old club. Yeah, they've got the they've got the physical presence of, of Calvert Lewin, um, Bebeto as Gaz calls him, bagged a goal um, last <laughs> week as well. They're scoring as well. Everton are not just winning one 0 here and there. They're scoring some goals. Decore's banging form as well. I think they've got enough to bully Burnley, um, and I think they've got enough firepower 
to hurt Burnley. So I only see an Everton win and, you know, climb further away from relegation. And just very quickly, before we go to the last two games to round off the pod, the relegation battle is really starting to take shape now. When you think about, we talked about Bournemouth, we talked about Everton. Everton will be in and around it because of the points deduction. There's rumours of others to come. But Sheffield United, Sheffield United and um, Burnley are albeit gone, I think is, is the fair thing to say, unless miraculously they, they run. The others that sit in it, Luton and Forest, do you think it will come down to those two, to who might go down with it? Because I, I don't see Everton being there. I don't see Bournemouth being there. Fulham, I don't see being there. Wolves might be the other one, but I think Gary O'Neill's got enough. Steve, what do you think, mm. just quickly? Pa- Palace are the next next ones up at 16 yeah. points. And if, then, uh, and if Roy doesn't get his finger out, could possibly be... Um, could possibly be in trouble as far as that's concerned, but I can't. I just can't see. I mean, I'd love, absolutely love Luton to stay up because I think it'd be such a fairy tale story for them to stay in the Premier League. Yeah, but I just don't think they're going to quite do enough work and have quite enough. They're going to be. I mean, they've had a couple of games at home where they've where they've been a little unlucky to lose. Arsenal perhaps was 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 the, was the one recent, and so was Man City. I just think they're just going to be an unlucky story. They're just going to be one of those tales of how close were we, but we didn't quite get over the line. That's the thing. So I do think, I personally think the bottom three will remain the bottom three as it is. There's a four-point gap to Everton, obviously subject to the the point deduction getting reduced. Forrest, I think, will have enough, whether that's with Steve Cooper or not. They've yep. got some tough. They've got some tough games coming up for us, but I do think they'll 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 start to squeak away again a little bit. So, Fair enough. Matt, you in agreement with that? Yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah. I, I think if as long as Forrest stick with Steve Cooper, I think he'll turn it around and he'll keep them up. And yeah, Steve, you're right. I just don't think Luton will be able to catch that one team above them. I don't think they'll be able to get enough points, which will be a massive, massive shame. And I think a bigger shame will be, you know, they will lose players when they go down next season, like some experienced players, like Ross Barkley and uh, and Townsend and such. And that means they're going to have to rebuild. So I don't think they'll then bounce back up either. So I think if they go down this season... I, I think there'll be a few of their players get picked up, won't there? There'll be, there'll be a few yeah. that get picked up from by the clubs because there's a few of them who are looking like they could if they were in bet, would have decent. better players around them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, right, let's wrap up the last two games. Brentford at home to Aston Villa. Obviously, Villa picked up a massive amount of points in the last few weeks. Wins against City and Arsenal. Um they don't travel as well, and and Brentford, Matt, is not an easy place to go. No, it's not. It's not an easy place to go. Um, I, I think Villa, though. I called it last week that uh, that Arsenal would have stopped that that record home run for Villa. I think Villa are flying high right now, though. Um, I think for me, Brentford are another one of those Jekyll and Hyde clubs. I think Villa will get a result in this. I think it will be very tight, but I think Villa will get a result, maybe a two-one, something like that. Very good, Steve. Yeah, I think Brentford have got um, Big Brian and Waymo out, so uh, he's their biggest goal threat with Tony missing. Obviously, Tony's back in January. I just think that this will be a game that Villa, on the back of those two results, I think we've we've spoke about their away form not being it's not the worst in the league by any stretch of the imagination, but it's not been as good as their home form. Just think those those sort of two performances they put in against. Against City and Arsenal will give them again big confidence, and I think they'll go away and win this. Certainly, two one. I think two two 
Brentford Villa. I think Brentford will get a few goals and it'll be an open game is what I think. Um, moving on to the last game of the weekend and I can only see one result and that's a draw is West Ham <laughs> versus Wolves. Uh, it's just got draw written all over it. Go on, Matt. What's the last one of the weekend going to be? I, I think you're right. I think this is the, this is the Ron Seal game of the weekend, isn't it? This is that <laughs> yeah. on the fence, just yeah. all over it. Yeah, 100%, 100% right. Unless, Steve, um, your MVP for Wolves, um, do you reckon, uh, is he playing? Do you reckon he might get a goal? If you want to just pronounce his name, I'll hand over to you. Yeah, possibly. Uh, Wang. <laughs> well said, Steve. Well said. <laughs> he Chan, He Chan, Wang could be getting the, uh, the the goal. He, yeah, one one. This is a, this is Ryan's Ronsil fence for the week. Yeah. This one, um, three cans of Ronsil. There's no two ways about it. West Ham in European action. Um, Wolves will t- be quite happy to take a draw here. Um, probably get a disallowed goal in the last minute by VAR or a penalty against him in the last minute by VAR. Um, yeah, 1-1. Yeah, it's, it's definitely got a draw written all over it. You watch it, it'll be a banging 5 nil one way or something <laughs> like that. Game of the weekend or something shocking after we've called it. Um, guys, that's it for this week. Um, we are, as I said, live um, on the Footy Social Club Watch Along on Sunday, um, Arsenal versus Brighton. Steve and myself, there'll be a review pod coming out of that game on Saturday as well. Um, do join us for that. We're really excited to get that one out. Hopefully no gremlins. I know Steve's thinking, oh God, hopefully not. But there won't be. We'll, f- we'll feel positive about that. Um, if you want to join the Footy Social Club community, do head over to YouTube, Instagram. You know what you need to do there. be great to have you along. We're out on Spotify as well, Twitter, you name it. The Footy Social Club's there. A massive shout out to the 569 people that have joined the community this week on YouTube alone. It's great to see the channel starting to get some shape. Um, Have a great weekend. Saturday, Steve, Ryan and Gaz will have their bets out as usual. I wonder how many Ryan will be on the Ron Seal fence for and how much money Gaz needs to win for his Chinese. (laughs) Have a great weekend. We'll be back on Monday for the Footy Social Club review.